This morning I just want to talk to you about something that was was inspired by um, one of my daughters. Um, And she's not here today because when she heard that I was preaching she left town and went to Brisbane for the weekend. But um, probably over the last, I don't know, over the last several years um, my life's been a bit to and fro and a bit of a struggle. And... um, when I was talking to her and she had entered a time of quite some struggle in, in her life and um, we were talking about that together and um, we came up with a bit of a plan and uh, the plan was that we discovered that a lot of her life was very chaotic and um, I, I thought about that and I've been thinking about that and I thought um, there's two ways that we live in life today. We either live in chaos or, or we live in peace. And so we, we toed and froed about that and um, out of that, together actually, and then I've built on that, but together we come up with um, two foundational beliefs. Now I believe that we operate out of, a, out of a foundational belief that's at the base of everything that we do in life. Um, so whether that... Um, foundational belief is founded on good or bad, we have one or the other. So our first foundational belief is about um, the chaotic life that we live. And this foundational belief says, I must control my life. If life would go the way I wanted and people would do what I wanted them to do or tell me what I wanted them to hear, then I will be living. Can anyone identify with that? I can. We, we all live that sort of life at some time in our life or all the time in our life. And, and along the way, we attach God to that. So we attach God to that. So God, we want God to help us sustain and live and continue in our chaotic lifestyle, our life of chaos. The other foundational belief which um, I believe that God wants us to have is this, Father, reveal your love to me. May it permeate every area of my life. Then you live through me so that people around me see who you are. Then I will be alive. So I guess that poses the question in my life. Do I want to be, do I want to be living or do I want to be alive? So today, do we want to be living or do we want to be alive? So I find myself asking the question is, I want the second, but I find myself a lot of the time living in the first. I've been a Christian, I am 52. It's hard to say sometimes, it seems so old. 52, I've been a Christian for um, since I was nine, so that's a long time, 43 years. Um, and my, I come from a, uh, I don't know, a great heritage. Of, of my, I was brought up in a Christian home. My dad was a, a minister. Um, and so f- my salvation just came about, really. And um, I accepted Christ when I was nine years old. And um, I've lived in church. Not, not that, ma- that does not make me anybody special. Uh, because church comes with its own set of problems. Um, but I've lived in church for most of my life. Um, 
And um, probably about a dozen years ago, um, I lived as a person that just lived off the experience of others because I'd been involved in church. So I lived off the experience of church and Christianity for most of my life. And um, probably about a dozen years ago, I, um, through a set of circumstances, I found myself in a Christian counselling course. And um, this is when the foundation of belief in my life was challenged. Um, I found that pretty much I was living in a life of chaos. I didn't really, I didn't really have any real connection with God. Um, my connection was the church. And that's not a bad thing, that's a great thing. But if, if that's our connection to God, then it's not a connection. It's just a place that we go. But, so I had a connection, I guess, to the church, to the people, but I really had no connection with God. And um, um, I found that every belief that I had was um, tipped upside down, exposed for what it was. And I had to begin to unpack and repack. So chaos is doing life our way, doing life how we want it. Chaos involves our thoughts, our actions, our attitudes, our love to others, our gift to the world and our revelation. So even though we might attach God to that, it is driven by us, it's driven by me. And that's what my life was about, was about. It was driven by me. My, any ministry that I was involved in was driven by me. It took a lot of energy. And if we read in Genesis, and I just want to read Genesis from Genesis chapter 3, and um, I've, we've heard Pete talk about this in um, the shame series that he just did. In chapter 3, verse 6, it says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good, for food and it was pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. So their world, even though it was God created it for them and it was this amazing place called Eden, full of amazing things, their world, through this act, became about them and about who they were, and about their control. So in that instant, Adam and Eve took on the foundation of belief that they must control their life. If life would go the way that they wanted and people would do what they wanted, they brought that whole foundation of belief into the world. But on the other hand, we have peace. Peace is God's way of doing life. His thoughts his actions, his attitudes, his love for others, his gift to the world and his revelation. Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we have these two foundational beliefs that operate in the world. And basically, in Western culture, we, it is just so set up 
to live in a chaotic state because what everything tells us, media, people, lifestyle, what it tells us is that life is all about me. I'm the most important person in the world. If life went the way that I wanted, then it would be okay. And if I was to ask the question today, what what do you put the most energy into in your life? Do you put it into the way you want life to be? How you want to set it up? Your career, your, your accumulation of material possessions, your relationships, your school life if you're at school. E- everything that you do, where does your energy go? Or do we put time and energy into peace? Living life the way that God would have us live living out of that peaceful state. Now, the world is set up, as we've just heard over the series from shame, the world is, is set up so that we gain shame. And shame teaches us that we must live life the way that we wanted. And whatever it takes to live that way, we do. Whether, it, whether we have to hide things, keep things secret, um, control things, then that's what we do because that's what life tells us will give us life and that's when we'll be living. But God has a different way for us to do life and that's living life in peace. It doesn't mean that life doesn't happen around us because it does. Chaos happens around us all the time but God wants us to live in a place of peace and we can't find that unless we change our foundational belief. So how do we go from living in chaos, which is our way, to living in peace, which is God's way? Let me just read you a scripture. If you want to turn to that, that would be great if you have your Bible with you or your phone or whatever you want to do. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. No, Matthew 11, yes, verse 28, read to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and you will learn from me, for I am, humble, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I just want to read that again from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Now our soul is our mind, our will and our emotions. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. How nice does that sound? Hey? How, no, how good does that sound? You will find relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet. Who strives to find those things? Raise your hand if you strive to find those things. Man, I do, but it's right here. It's right here in our connection with our Father. Right there. For my yoke is wholesome useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp or pressing, but comfortable, gracious and pleasant. 
My burden is light and easy. Man, I should stick that scripture on my bathroom window, mirror, so that every time I want to look at myself, which is a good thing, or then I see that. I see that. It's fantastic. Okay, there's three, I don't know what to call them, three things that will help us go from living in chaos, which is living our way, and living in peace, which living in peace, which is living God's way. The first one of those is revelation. A revelation of who he is. He is our father. Our world is shaped by our father or our perception of who he is. So when you see God as a father, who do you see? Who do you see? I want you to take a moment just to reflect on what your life with your father was like. Because who we, how we see God, we see him out of what has been modelled to us. And a lot of that is from our father, who our father was, or other important people in our life. My dad was a very religious man. He used to get up at four o'clock every morning, spend time with God. But he wasn't perfect. He's also quite an angry man. And so some of my perceptions of God were clouded. Now, if we are all honest, some of our perceptions as people have always been clouded by our earthly father or by those people that have been important to us in life. Always, because we're, we're human, we're broken. So what's been our experience? What's been our connection points? And some of my, I guess some of my chaotic way of living and, and the way I did Christian life and was involved in church and did all those things came from that because some of my life was based in fear, fear of man. And that comes from either our father or people that are important to us. They shape our life. And then, of course, the world that we live in helps reinforce that, that the way our life's been shaped. So my experience, my experience as a father, if I change that a little bit, then go to um, my experience as a father to my daughters. When my daughters were young, especially my oldest daughter, I was ready to grow perfect children because I believe to be acceptable as a successful father that I needed to have perfect children. But as I learnt and as my world got shaken up and tipped upside down a bit, I learnt that that wasn't to be. That um, as I discovered who my dad was in God and that he loved me unconditionally with all my warts and mistakes and stuff that I had in my own life which I discovered was quite substantial and quite frightening really but as he discovered that and as as I learned that he extended love unconditional toward me 
He extended immense grace toward me and accepted me for who I was in my broken state that I discovered that I was just really a rotten sinner and I was deceitful and I was deceitfully wicked because um, living in chaos, because I wanted to live life my way and have everything my way, I was just continuing in that deceitfulness and really I was manipulating life to be how I wanted it to be. But as I discovered that um, even though I was doing that all the time, he actually still loved me and extended amazing grace and mercy toward me and didn't want to leave me that way but wanted to grow me up. And so my experience as a father, I mean, I've learnt, and, I, and I'm not perfect at it, but I've learnt that part of being a great dad is loving unconditionally. Part of being a great dad is empowering my daughters to live. Now that's not part of my life as a dad is not getting my daughters to live the way that I think they should live because that's actually their choice. And that's, what part, of, that's part of what God did for me. He doesn't empower me to live the way that he thinks I should because that's actually my choice. I believe if Eve, Adam and Eve lived the way that God wanted them to, then they wouldn't have ate the fruit of the tree, but they would, they would have enjoyed peace and serenity and connection to the highest level for the rest of their life. But that's actually my choice. I can choose that. So how has your life been shaped by fatherhood? But I've actually discovered that um, a lot of times... My daughters do make choices that I'm, that I'm pleased with. Not because I've told them to, but because they want to. And I hope somewhere in all that I've empowered them to touch their God. And hopefully that they'll live their life for him. So how has, I, how has your life been shaped by fatherhood and by the world around you? That's number one, revelation. They're, they're, I hope that there continues to be a cry in my heart and a cry in your heart that you will have a revelation of him as your dad, as your father. The second thing is to encounter, to encounter him. When um, I went to this school of counselling that I went to, it was two years, we had one week, two weeks a year where we'd have a live-in intensive. And um, I would just like to share an amazing story about that first live-in week that we had. Because God wants, God wants us to experience, in him, to experience him, to encounter him as that loving father. We'd start the day at 7 o'clock with um, some devotions. Um, and where we'd go, we'd have a, some worship and um, we would then open the word of God up and we'd pick a passage and we'd read and we'd talk about what that meant to our lives. And um, the person who was running that would share some wisdom about that and 
Sometimes they are only supposed to last half an hour, half an hour but sometimes they'd last two or three hours because it was such, there's such amazing things to get out of this. And so many things i just never seen because I was so religious and not relational. Anyway, one day, it was a Friday, it was second last day and um, I, um, I actually can play a bit of music, haven't done so for a few years but I can and so I used to lead some, some worship and, um, with my guitar. So one day we were singing and we were singing away and then at the end of that um, I was just playing and the, the lady who was running the course, she said, I just, she just beckoned to me and said, I just want you to keep playing. So I just kept playing. And um, I played for, I don't know, an hour and a half or more. Just kept playing. Um, and while I was playing, I, um, I, had the, I had the privilege of witnessing some just amazing things. I just want to tell you about one of those. Um, I was pastoring the church at that time and one of the ladies in our church, her name was Cheryl. She's a great lady. This is what... After we'd been, and people were just doing their own thing. Some were sitting, some were standing, some were walking around, some were reading. But I want to show you what this lady was doing. Her name was Cheryl. This is what she was doing. Okay. I'm not very good at this, but this is what she was doing. What was she doing? What was it? She was dancing. She was dancing. And she did that, well, I don't know for how long, but she was dancing. Dancing around, dancing around. And um, eventually um, it, it died down and um, we stopped. And then um, people started to share what, what was happening in that time. And um, eventually it got to Cheryl's turn. And she started to talk about what was happening when she was doing that. So she went back to an experience of her childhood. And, and this is... This is how, how fatherhood has such an amazing impact on, on our lives. So she was talking about um, when she was a child, um, one day she was going to her, she was in a dance class and one day she was um, going to their breakup and they got dressed up in their prettiest dress and um, you know, they went out and I don't know what, went, what was going to go on there but she got all dressed up and um, you know, she looked like a little princess, and um, she she went out, and her dad was there. Her dad was there, and he was with a few of his friends, and um, I'm not sure what they were doing. Maybe they were having a couple of drinks. I'm not sure. She didn't say that, but they were there, and um, you know, um, as a little girl, when you are going somewhere and you come out to your dad, he can either make you or break you. He could, so when she came out, um, her dad um, said, she said, oh, look, look, Daddy. I mean, my, you know, she went and she twirled for him. And, did, and he, um, he just called her a fat little ugly girl and, and joked about her with his friends that were there. That, Cheryl, 50 years old she was now, that had a lasting impact on her life from that day right through till she were, till till then, till then. It it um it damaged the way that she lived. 
it damaged the way that she viewed men. It certainly had a huge impact on the way that she viewed God. So what was happening in that process was that she was dancing with her Heavenly Father and he was changing her perception of who he was. She was dancing around that room with him and she she said she could physically feel that. That was just an amazing encounter, amazing. And it changed who she was. I mean literally, physically, it literally changed who she was. From that day, she, she was a different person because that day she encountered God as her father. That day she encountered him as her father. See, God wants us, God wants us to experience him as our dad, to experience him. And I would suggest that I did, and I guess I would be no different than everyone else here, that we have hurts that life, living, people, fathers, parents have given us. Because, man, I've hurt my children. (laughs) I'm disappointed about that. I'm sad about that, but I've I've done that. I've done that. And some of it, some that, that I've known, I've been able to apologise for, but I'm sure that there's others that will come along over the course of the rest of my life and their life that, that I'll be able to own and seek forgiveness for because that's what we do. We, we hurt people because we're hurt. We're hurt. And God wants to heal us. So we talked about revelation. God wants us to have a revelation of who he is. He's our dad. God wants us to encounter him in that sense. God wants us us to encounter him in in lots of ways. In lots of ways. And I've encountered God in lots of ways and I've seen God encounter people in lots of ways. So we talked about revelation, we talked about encounter. Thirdly, process. Before we can deal with how life is, we must have a revelation of who he is so that our foundation is sure. So that our foundation is sure. So process is about life in him. I hope that you would agree with me that God loves us too much to leave us how we are. We'd all agree with that, wouldn't we? That's why we're here. God loves us way too much to leave us how we are. Process. Process life. So the, the first thing is to process life in relationship with him. To establish an intimate connection with him. Speaking to him and allow him to speak to us. He'll find us. He'll find us. So if I was again to ask the question of who has things in their life that they believe that they need to process. We, we all do. We'd all raise a hand if we we're honest we'd all, because we all have things that we want to process. I want, I want you to help me out, Dave. You help me out? I can. Good man. Dave Weeks, you stand up, Dave. Sure. Dave and I have lived a little bit of life together because I'm actually a driving instructor and I help Dave get his licence. That's why I've got so many grey hair because he's scared of living there. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no. So Dave here, Dave is going to be God, okay? See, look, he has God-like qualities. <laughs> so Dave, I want you to go to the back of the room there, mate, if you can for me. Just sit back up there. So Dave's going to be God, and you're going to help me too. We lovely people. You people are all my problems. Look at how many problems I got. <laughs> you people are all my life issues. And um, if we were honest, we'd all have a lot of life issues. We're all good. So I believe how I interpreted God in, um, before I really had that amazing revelation of who he was, I, I interpreted God as someone that I needed to please, that I needed to do the right thing about. So I have all these life issues here. So my way to get to God is to, is to fight my way through the issues, is to work my way through them. I've got to deal with this. I've got to, I've got to do all that. I've got to deal with all these issues, all these things in my life. Then I'll be able to connect with God. Then I'll be able to connect with God. So that's a, who would say that's a fairly big job? Who would say that takes a lot of energy? Yeah, I used a lot of energy. Man, a lot of energy. You know, by the time you're about 35 to 40, if you used a lot of energy doing that, then you feel spent in a lot of ways. And I was spent in a lot of ways. I was just about burnt out. And it nearly ruined my marriage. And it damaged my children. And it didn't help my ministry at all. Anyway, lucky we're still here. Okay, but... What, what all God wanted me to do was, was do this. I was in the midst of all my mess. All God wanted me to do was say, God! Father! Dave, I just want you to walk straight to me. As soon as I, as soon as I call out his name, he doesn't say, well, I'm, up, I'm here. Thanks, mate. I'll just stand beside me for a minute just because you look so good. We look good together. All right. You make me look good. No. <laughs> he said, he didn't say, well, I'm up here. I'm here. When you, when you fix all your stuff up there, Colin, we'll meet together and then we can communicate and then life will be great then. Life will be great then. No. As soon as I call his name, he just walked straight to me. Straight to me. And said, here I am. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? See you, mate. And then as he... As he stood near me, he, we, we can communicate together. We can talk about stuff. We can talk about stuff together. And he might say, hey, Colin, you've got some, you got some stuff going on here. When you're ready, when you're ready, we can deal with that. We can deal, we can do stuff about that. Together, together. Life and relationship with Jesus. Life with others. God doesn't call us to deal with our things on our own. We have him and we have each other. We have each other. So I believe this church is great for that because um, this church has community groups and they're great for processing life together. It's great to be able to process life with others. And sometimes, and I think, I think Pete's talked about um, doing something a little deeper and um, I'm sure that's coming up soon so we don't need to talk about that too much um, and the other thing is having a wise other or others helping you in the process so someone who's a little bit further along in the journey that you can talk to relate to this is what's happening in my life 
what do you think? Gain some wisdom from. All right. Revelation. Encounter. Process. It's all very exciting, isn't it? Isn't it? (laughs) Okay, let's wind it up. So, our foundational beliefs. Where are you? How much of your life comes from that place of chaos? And how much of your life comes from that place of peace? Is there a cry in your heart? Father, I know that you're there, but I don't really know you. Father, my life is full with all this stuff. And I mean, that whole shame series is about stuff. It's about our stuff. And about taking it to, to someone that can help us. Someone that can cover it. Someone that can bring healing to it. Someone that can minister to us. Someone that will give us eternal peace. Living in peace will only come as we live in the revelation of a heavenly father who wants to encounter us and lead us into the process of life. Remember, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, overburdened, I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul, which is your mind, your will and your emotions, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest, relief, ease and refreshment, reaction and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp or pressing but comfortable, gracious and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy. God wants to live in you and through you so that we can reflect his image. When we live in a place of chaos, we only reflect our image and that just breaks and burdens others and breaks and burdens us. But he wants us to reflect his image. How much of his image are you reflecting today? I just would like to play a song from a CD that I've been listening to lately. It's really been a great time for me. And if you're, you're in a place where you feel like your life is quite chaotic, where life's happening around you but there's just a sense of emptiness, a sense of I want to be in control, a sense of intensity and you long for that place of peace, 